0: Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Pastor Major H. Gilbert Sr. We're coming to you on this evening from uh, Alta Vista Church Supply here at On Wall Ministries Bible Institute. We do thank God for you joining us here on this evening. And we're just trying to get our lighting correctly, but we thank God for you uh, joining us at this hour on our uh, Bible Institute on this Friday evening. We thank God for you joining us. Let's give God some praise this evening. We thank God again for being so good to us. Me, He's blessed us so much. He's been blessed so much today. We just thank God for what He is doing in us and through us. We thank God for your prayers for my wife. Uh she's had some good reports up to now, but uh she's still waiting on some reports coming back. But she's doing well, but uh we know that uh, God is still good. He's still in the blessing business. My daughter's doing much better. We asked uh, that you continue to pray for them as they recover, but we' are into the word on this evening. We talked about uh, uh the Holy Spirit and significant issues of the Holy Spirit, and we talked about blasphemy against the spirit, uh, being baptized in the spirit. We had some discussion about that, and then being filled with the spirit, whether or not it's uh, it's subsequent or it's concurrent as soon as we accept Jesus Christ, we become baptized. In the name of Jesus, into the blood and the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, And then also we talked about last week, we started our discussion on uh, being gifted by the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. And last week we talked about prophecy. Uh, there is no new prophecy. Uh, the prophecy that has been made has already been stamped and approved. The Bible says that you cannot add or take away from anything that is written in this book. So all prophecy has been sealed and is good until the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we had some uh, discussion last week, pro and con, about whether it was, uh, 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 had ceased or whether it uh, uh, will cease when Christ returns. So there was some discussion about that. And similar tonight, talking about tongues, one of the hardest discussions to really to sit down with Christian believers is to talk about uh, the the, the tongues, what what is the status or the state of tongues uh, in uh, today's church. And uh, as I looked at it and I was studying for tonight and I looked and found out, even in the uh, New Testament, there is only uh, 27 occurrences of the word tongues in the New Testament uh, when it applies to uh, the speaking of a known or unknown tongue, I think it's only 15 times. It Two times in the book of Acts, or 16 times. Uh, one time in the book of Mark, 16th chapter, verses 17, where Jesus mentions it only one time. He said that in those days they shall come and uh, that shall believe that in the name they shall cast out devils, and they shall speak in new tongues. Jesus mentions about tongues in uh, that one time in the book of Mark. But then later on in the study, uh, uh, it, it, it brings us into two times in the book of Acts, one time in the book of Romans, and mostly 12 times in 1 Corinthians. Not one mention of tongues in 2 Corinthians, but 1 Corinthians, it mentions 12 times. And, and, uh, and, and, and we, we realize that a lot of churches, a lot of denominations have, have divided and separated and split us in part. All because of the issue of tongues. And it's so much being talked about tongues and baptism of the Holy Spirit. we we'll, we're going to get into that a little bit. So there's much confusion in the church on tongues. And, and here I mean by tongues are, are marked as very subjective. And and, and and there's certain certainty in many denominations and religions about this that that, that divide between uh, unknown and known tongues and whether tongues is active in the church today. So uh, what about tongues? Uh, is, there is no question that that uh, there are people uh, that, that the Bible instructs us about uh, 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 praying in tongues and other things like that that we have to be concerned about. But there are also warnings that he gives us uh, in the Bible uh, concerned about tongues. And, and, and uh, I, I would rather have one word of prophecy than a thousand words in tongues and a unknown tongue. So we got to understand that. So there are things that we need to understand uh, that, 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 that confusion in about tongues as we study today. So subjectively, we should experience this, that we have certain certainties and uncertainties about tongues. And then we need to be careful. But only the problem is not every religion, uh, uh, every religious experience, that we have when we're talking about uh, uh, speaking in, in, in an unknown tongue is a spiritual ex, uh, experience. Not all of them are not ex, uh, uh, caught up into uh, what we call a, a, a Christian experience. They're, they're outside of our faith. There are all kinds of religions and cults that that speak in tongues, and, and we need to be careful about how we look at that. And and, and there is certainty. Uh, there are religious experiences that we can have that that are of the spirit of God, but what we want also is note is there are certain spiritual experiences that we can have when' it, in relationship to tongues that are not of the spirit of God and, 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 and you remember when Jesus had the little boy, and he healed him and the father came to him and said, he cast himself into the fire. See, a lot of times when we are going to that that uh, some type of a, a spiritual experience is not always of God. This this young man cast him into the fire. He was he was uh, uh, the uh, legion was what cutting himself out in the in, in 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 the tombs and all kinds of things, and he was wailing at night. So there are things that can happen uh, in a spiritual experience that may not be of God. So that's the little warning that we need to have, that you need to be understanding about it. Then as we look in Paul's teachings later on, we're going to get into our text. Paul tells us that there are certain things that we need to understand about tongues. It's not an uncontrolled experience. Tongues should be a controlled experience. So we're going to study a little bit about that later on as we get into our study on this evening. But as we look at it, so first of all, we want to look at how do we define tongues? Tongues defined. What is the best definition of tongue? At Pentecost, tongue was this uh, in uh, intelligible uh, language that they spoke where people when who heard them, heard them in a language where they could understood. So there are people that were in uh, 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 Jerusalem at that time, during the time of the Passover, Pentecost came, and then they were in the upper room, and the uh, the, the the disciples of God, were Jesus was in the upper room, and they started speaking in tongues. So those were uh, intelligible languages where they could speak. If we want to look at that, look at Acts. Uh, First chapter, verses 1 through 12. It says, uh, What on that day of Pentecost that they came together in one place? Then suddenly a sound of a, a blowing of a violent wind came in from heaven and filled the house that they were sitting. And they saw, uh, seemed to be, tongues of fire separated uh, and came and rested on them each, and all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost, and to began to speak in tongues of the Spirit as it enabled them. So this experience that they had in the upper room, uh, what, it was defined as a, a uh, intelligible uh, tongue or language. So it was a language that was spoken where people, men, women, boys, and girls could understand it. So uh, not translation. It, 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 it takes a language to understand unintelligible languages that may warrant interpretation. See, if, if it's an intelligent language, it can be interpreted or it can be translated, excuse me. But if it's an unintelligent language, it cannot be interpreted, but it, excuse me, it cannot be translated, but it can be interpreted. So there is no translation, so there has to be uh, interpretation in order for that language to be edifying into the church. So they are not uh, understandable without the interpreter coming in and speaking according to what uh, the Spirit of God has given them to understand what is talking. So speaking in tongues involves prayer, it involves praise, it involves preaching in language and syllables that we might not understand even if we speak them. For say, anyone who speaks in a unknown tongue uh, does not speak to men, but they speak of God. So 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. So speaking in tongues is primarily directed to God in prayer, praise, or or in some way uh, that the speaker really doesn't understand it. So 1 Corinthians 14 uh, and 14 says that, for if I pray in tongue, my heart prays. So it, it, it occurs, well, in the spirit. So if you're speaking in a unknown tongue, it occurs in your spirit. The spirit is praying, and that's what 1 Corinthians is talking about. Uh, unintelligent language that, uh, that may warrant some interpretation as prayer or praise spoken and misunderstood language of the speaker that he doesn't understand it because it's directed not to other men and women but unto God. So that what we are talking about, the differences between an intelligent language and an unintelligent language that is being spoken. So how do we describe tongues? Tongues describe... By public worship. We have 1 Corinthians 14th chapter, then verses 27 and 28. He says that if anyone speaks in the tongue, that at least three or two or three should speak in one at a time, and someone should interpret. If there is no interpreter, listen to me. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in church and speak to himself and to God. So there is a place for the unknown language or unknown tongue or the tongue that that is speaking that unknown language, but it should be in prayer directly to God. Here's the picture. Paul is saying, speaking in tongues involves an interpreter who reports to the church the general meaning of what was being spoken. So if there is no interpreter present, then the speaker needs to put to calm down and be quiet until he gets someone available to be able to interpret. So we, we look at these these mass meetings of, of people together and and You got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 people speaking in tongues and nobody's interpreting. The Bible is telling us or commanding us not to speak. Unless there is an interpreter. It is not an uncontrolled situation. It's a, it's a situation that, that God doesn't work in an unconscious situation, an unconscious mindset. He wants us to always have, uh, he said, let this mind be on you, which is also in, in Christ Jesus. So uh, we are not in an a, a, a unconscious state in any way, form, or fashion when we come before the presence of God. Then he says, speaking in tongues also is characterized, like I said, by self-control. The New Testament does not give us room uh, for frenzy or disorderly conduct. He says, whatever you do for God, do it decently and in order. So there is self-control. That is part of the fruits of the Spirit. So, And it should be controlled here in 1 Corinthians 14 when he tells us about coming to church and when two or three come together. The picture here is even though tongues at Pentecost, they stopped speaking even those languages when preachers began to preach, those who were speaking in tongues quieted down. Speaking in tongues involves an interpreter, is characterized by self-control, and must edify the church and glorify God. All of these things must be done uh, for the strengthening of the church, and, and they must edify the church and glorify God. That's what happened when you do public worship in our scripture as we are studying it this evening. Then tongues are what private. Uh, He who speaks in the tongue edifies himself, and he speaks to himself and to God. So Paul seems to be, in our study today, uh, has this favorable view of people who speak in tongues in private. And he thinks it begs the question, I'll be honest, that, that many times that uh, we get in situations, whether or not we've ever experienced speaking in tongues or not, he said, but I know people that have spoken in tongues in private and in public. But the thing about it is somehow we think that by speaking in tongues, it gives you somehow uh, ups on anybody else in the Christian faith. But that I don't think we are not a second-class citizen if we have not experienced certain gifts like you have. If that, if speaking in tongues is a gift. If the interpreter is a gift, everybody doesn't have the same gift. So you do not have an upmanship on anyone else because of the fact that you think that because you speak in tongues, then all of a sudden you got a closer relationship with the Spirit of God. I don't think so. That God wants us to edify the church. God is looking for, I, I, I talked to someone today, I think it was on Facebook, I talked about the thermostat or a, a thermometer. A thermometer reacts to people around him. A thermostat affects the area that is around them. So you got to be something. If your tongues is not causing you to have a relationship with man and God, and, and, and all of that emotional stuff is not what God wants us to be. Good to have a good in emotions, but God wants us to have life. God wants us to see what are we doing with our life? Learning to love one another. Getting along with one another. So that's what we need to have. At this time, spiritual gifts were given so that we can edify the church. And so the church can become uh, greater in doing the work that God has called them to do. So speaking in tongues in private at least causes some question: How is this edifying the church? Edifying the people of God? It may edify you personally to make you stronger in your relationship with God. Then the church shall be edified. But it's not something that is done always in public. So I have the gift of teaching and I have to teach in private. It's not giving you merit good, but at the same time, it's certainly uh, respect for a lot of folks I know that have have talked about private prayer language and there seems to be room for it in 1 Corinthians 14 to have that in verses 28 also. So until you take completely uh, uh, that 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 sensationalist view that 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 it only lasted for a season, and it will cease during a certain time. I think that there is openness here for the New Testament, for people who said that they, are, uh, they speak in tongues. But the thing about it is, allow people to have their opinions. If I have my opinion, I respect yours, you respect mine. But what God is, it's all about where our heart set. <laughs> Look what 1 Corinthians 13 said. Though I can speak with the tongues of men and have not love, I'm a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal. So speaking in tongues is good, but you have to have a loving heart. You have to have a heart to be able to carry out the mission that God has given unto us. But are tongues the norm? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. But the key question is... uh, uh, Is it normal for every born-again Christian that has been baptized to be able to evidence that baptism of the Spirit by speaking in tongues? Is it normal? So here in our lesson, see, the scripture speaks very clearly on this. Listen to direct quote uh, uh, in in the charismatic manual that we are studying. A person would claim that the gifts of talking in tongues and confidence when he is prayed, when he is baptized in the Spirit, yielding the tongues is an important first step and worth putting effort in, encouraging people to yield their tongues and then run the risk of being labeled as imbalanced. Often people can be helped to yield to the Spirit spirit or to the tongues rather easily. After praying a person can be baptized in the spirit, a team member shall lean over to them and lay down to them and tell them to surrender yourself over to the tongue. Surrender yourself. So they're pushing them in a sense to become uh, 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 submissive over to the to, to them Encouraging them to be able to speak in tongues, so here he's saying that a lot of things that they're being encouraged to do. So the Holy Spirit will give you what you need, and a lot of times we get caught up in the thinking that that is it some natural, but it's not the normal behavior that a Christian uh, uh, has to express his 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 relationship with God uh, by by him edifying or, or identifying it by speaking in tongues. So I do not believe the scripture bags it up, but this is something that the spirit does in his sovereign operation. It says in our, our study here, if we're going to seek anything, we are to seek gifts that will edify the church, not just our own personal relationship. He says that what? Seek prophecy in Acts 10 and Acts 19. Uh, that, that, that certainty uh, did not have a, uh, a a way of expressing that, that tongues are the normal thing to have in your uh, uh, spiritual experience with God. Again, look at Acts 10 and 19. They're very unique experiences that we're going to a period of redemptive history. And I don't think that they provide us with enough foundation and everyone should be based on Acts 19 because Paul placed his hands on these guys and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. But everybody who has uh, the spirit is baptized in the spirit doesn't necessarily should speak in tongues. You should have another gift. Maybe there is another gift that you have. And, and, and I, uh, I, I think that, that, that that's going the way beyond the bounds of us thinking that everything got to happen because that's the normal way of doing it because that's what Paul spoke. Everybody got to be that way. And then tongues and acts occur in groups and primary purpose to demonstrate the advancement of the gospel in light of this new period of in redemptive history. They occur with groups that advancement. Uh, of the gospel and these speaking in tongues in Corinth are different. They occur the individuals who use the context of the church, and the primary purpose is to edify the church in worship. We have to be careful not uh, to take the narratives like in Acts 8 and 9 and 19 and make it normal that everybody who has been born again must speak in a tongue in order for to know that his spiritual maturity in Christ is what it is. Now you don't have to be uh, uh, totally uh, mature in Christ to say that uh, it has to be evidenced by speaking in tongues. And then there is a very basic Bible principle. When you look at the narratives in scripture, don't look for the narrative of Abraham offering his son Isaac as a sacrificial altar and thinking that everybody needs to make that sacrifice of his son in order for it to be, that's the normal thing to do. No. Certain things in the Bible are given to us as principle, but not normative type activities that we should do. And, and going into the fire referring to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So let's follow those and then seek to understand how that narrative works in us, in our redemptive life that we have in Christ. So the conclusions. And speaking in tongues, and and speaking in tongues is not normative evidence of a New Testament faith. My faith should not be based on whether I speak in tongues or pray in tongues or not. I am not saying scripture is not teaching that tongues have, have ceased completely or have not ceased. I don't think the scripture speaks clearly on whether they have ceased or not ceased during this dispensation. But what we do know is that God is clearly letting us know that when we speak in tongues, we must be clearly understood by an interpreter being there so that the church can be edified. One, he says, that when we quiet in church, because when strangers come in, they're wondering whether or not you're off or not. But we need to be careful about that. So this conclusion is that anyone who has a faith in Jesus Christ Uh, does not necessarily have to have the expression of speaking in tongues in order for him to be mature in his Christian faith. So mighty movements of the Spirit of God has not been hindered by people that have not spoken in tongues. Huh? This is very important, and I'm not saying this uh, to try to uh, belittle someone's beliefs or whatever. There are um, great works that have been done with people have not spoken in tongues. And I'm not saying, I don't know whether Billy Graham or not have spoken in tongues or not, but I've never heard him publicly speak in tongues. But what I'm saying is, the work that Billy Graham has done, and he has not publicly expressed himself by speaking in tongues in public, but he has done great work. So don't let that be the deciding factor about whether or not we have totally matured in the work that God has called us to do. So he's saying this. I don't think scripture is clear enough on that. You need to speak in tongues as evidence of something that has happened to you in your spirit. I don't believe God is that small to be able to take and let us understand. He knows our heart. I think that we focus on what we know from the spirit, by the fruit of the spirit, by the filling of the spirit, by the proclamation of the gospel throughout all the world, by the power of the spirit. And that should be happening in our lives each and every day. Let's not focus on tongues. Let's not focus on things that divide us, but let's focus on love one another. You know, the disciple came to Jesus and asked him, what is the two greatest commandments? One of the first, he, and Jesus said, love the Lord with all thy heart and love the all the all thy might. He said, yeah, you're right about it. Then love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus said, you're right about that too. Those are the two. The greatest one is to love the Lord thy God with all thy might, but love thy neighbor as thyself. If you can have that, the fruit of the Spirit in you, to love somebody, God is able to use you and then you are able to adapt to people that are around you and to become a positive influence in their lives. So it's good to speak in tongues, but it's good to know to have the word of prophecy in your life to impact and edify somebody else's life. So yes, has tongue ceased? Not enough evidence. Has tongue not ceased? It's open for discussion. But what we do know, he says that when you speak in tongues, it's a controlled situation. It's not out of control. It should be edifying into the church. It should be edifying to someone else to be able to let someone know about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You leave church without the prophecy, you don't know about Jesus. You leave church when tongues are being spoken, you don't know what was said and don't know whether or not the church was edified or not. So I, 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 I'm I'm free. I'm, I'm 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 good. I'm good to be around those who speak in tongues. I'm good to be around those that don't. I'm good to one have had an experience. I'm good to be around those who have not. But don't hold it uh, uh, like we have put someone under a, 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 a stigma that they are not first class citizens in the body of Christ if we have not spoken in an unknown tongue. Tongues. Have they ceased? Have they not? But what we need to understand is that love is the guiding principle. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men and have not love, I'm a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal. That's the area that we should be working on. Let us build up the body of Christ. Let's learn to love one another. Let's edify in word and deed. Then that's what we will do. We'll be able to benefit those that are around us. God bless you tonight. I told you we're going to have a, just a quick session, 25 minutes, but we do thank God for you joining us. we want to close out in prayer this evening. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for these 25 minutes. Hopefully we've been uh, hopefully given an expression of ourselves about speaking in tongues. Lord, we know tongues are part of our religious experience, but let us, not, uh, uh, let us be mindful of those who uh, have not uh, been blessed with the gift that we too can be, become citizens, full-fledged citizens in the body of Christ. And even though we feel as though that we have uh, accomplished everything that God has given us to do, and we feel as though that we've been uh, justice- Uh, subject to his grace and his mercy as well as anyone else. Lord, we thank you so much for what you have done in us and through us. We magnify this school, this class. We magnify the body of Christ, the churches everywhere. Bless every pastor. Bless every deacon and trustee. Bless every minister that is out there, evangelist. Bless all of our missionaries that are out there doing the work. Lord, bless our nations from the white house to the church house. Bless all of those who do not know you in the pardon of their sin. Turn their hearts back to you and help them to realize, Lord, that they need a Savior. And the Savior is in the one and only Jesus the Christ. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you. Hope that you enjoyed this little quick lesson. Turn to our Facebook page, download our study guide. The study guide will give you a whole lot better notes than what I can give to you in this short period of time. But read that, the Holy Spirit, exploring the Holy Spirit, looking at the significance. We're going to talk about healing on our next study, Healing. Is healing still evident in the world today? And we know it is, and we know that it happens, but it's not something that happens uh, uh, to to showcase uh, an individual's gift. The healing is to be done uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life to impact somebody who is in need. God bless you today. May heaven ever smile upon you, and may you continually be blessed. God bless you. We'll see you on the next broadcast.